Hey beautiful, welcome back to the Vibrant Flow podcast and I hope that you're having an amazing day. This episode is so important and I really hope that you listen to the whole episode and that you share the episode with your female friends because talking about these topics that we're going to dive into today, they're so like we should be talking about them. We should be taught these things at school but of course we're not (laughs) so that's why we're talking about them here today and I was just listening to Lisa Nichols today and she mentioned like she she was saying that we so often unconsciously give away our power to let's say the people around us or to society or to whatever institution or whatever source of authority there is um, around us but as we step into our purpose as we step into this journey of femininity part of it is that we own our own sovereignty right so you get to make those choices about how you want to feel because you don't want to live in victim mentality right we do not want to live in victim mentality in any area of our lives and i fully believe that all of us are capable of leaving victim mentality behind and health and your fertility is part of this journey of sovereignty of understanding who you are as a woman how your body works and what you need to support your vibrancy your radiance because as we go into this in in this interview with ray your fertility is not just about getting pregnant and even if you have chosen to never get pregnant or to never have kids or maybe that hasn't been possible yet for for whatever reason fertility is still important it it encompasses so many areas of our lives we can be fertile to so many things such as business ideas or uh, a beautiful social life beautiful marriage beautiful life in general that you are creating right So I just want to say that you have tremendous potential inside you to truly be that radiant, vibrant woman that you desire to be, okay? No matter what issues you're currently um, dealing with, that is the truth, okay? Don't let your own thoughts convince you otherwise. Okay, so that's just my little pep talk before we go into this. And again, thank you so much to my patrons who are sponsoring this episode, who are supporting me, that I get to create more more beautiful content for you over on Patreon. A lot of things are coming up there. So, so make sure you check the link in the description or show notes if you're curious to join, if you want more of me and what I offer and what I create over on there and not here on the public podcast. And make sure that you have pre-saved the song, Dolce Sweetness, that I wrote for you so that we can celebrate our femininity. If you haven't done that, the link is in the description as well. If you're using any of the streaming platforms, 
I would so highly appreciate that. And if you are listening to this after the song is uh, out, which is it's out on August 19, 2022. So um, then you can just go and stream the song and join the season of sweetness with me. Okay, so without further ado, we will dive into this interview. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Vibrant Flow podcast. And I'm super excited to have Ray Nichols here with us today. And we're going to dive into all things hormone health and feminine lifestyle and fertility. And so welcome, Ray. How are you feeling? Thank you. I'm feeling great. I'm excited to be here. Excited to connect with you. Yes, it's so, it's so, I don't know. It's just so cool to connect with women that are doing this amazing work, whatever it is, like what you're doing. It's so inspirational and, and so wonderful. And I just love the fact that we get to connect over the internet. We would never have met in real life otherwise. So it's it's so cool. (laughs) Uh, So Ray is a certified hormone specialist and a certified fertility specialist and a life coach. And her brand is called restoring Eve. And we'll, we'll dive into that in just a bit. Like, what does that mean? And what led Ray to this work? But before we do that, I want to um, shoot some um, random questions. And the first of which is what is your favorite morning beverage right now? Oh yeah. Okay. Right now I'm actually sipping on it right now. Cause it's morning here. <laughs> um, I've been making dandelion tea um, as kind of like a coffee substitute um, just keeping, so my reasoning, it keeps your, um, liver detox pathways open, which is actually really good for hormone health, <laughs> really organic plug to the business. <laughs> yes. Um, That's so amazing. Yeah, that right now. It tastes very similar to coffee. I don't know if have you had it before. No, I, I know I haven't. I don't think so. So what, 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 what do you have in it? Like, how do you make it? Yeah. So I make just the dandelion tea, like steep it in water. And then I do some raw milk and normally I add a little bit of sugar so that I can keep my glucose up. Okay. All right. It's just delicious. I just love it. Yeah. Definitely recommend that's, if anyone out there is looking for a coffee substitute. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it will with raw milk. The thing is that here in Finland or in Europe, you, you can't really find raw milk that easily because it's against uh, European like food regulations. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's cause of, you know, European food regulations are a lot stricter than what they are in, in, in the States. Mm-hmm. So if you are connected to like a farm, then you might be able to get raw milk from there, but it's, it's not that easy. And I haven't been able to get raw milk anywhere, but we do have like organic milk, but it's not like one step. It's still pasteurized. It's not homogenized homogenized but it's still pasteurized so it's not really the real deal but yeah just that's um not the point that we're talking about today but so cool dandelion tea that that's the jam today um all right what is the most exciting thing in your life right now Okay. The most exciting thing is the sun is out over here in the Northwest. So, um, as I was just 
telling you, I live in the Northwest of the United States and we get a lot of snow in the winter, lots of rain. It's like normally very chilly here and we have about like two months long of a summer. <laughs> so the sun just came out. I've been spending a lot of time at the lake and really happy about that. It just feel like a different person when you get sunshine. <laughs> I know, I know. It sounds very similar to what it is here in Finland, like two months of summer. Yeah. Except yeah. now that we have this heat wave that is, um, um, well, keeping me on my toes. Um, so next, a bouquet of flowers or a bottle of champagne? Oh, definitely flowers. Love that. Love that. <laughs> me too. Easy answer. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Netflix and chill or hike outdoors? Oh my goodness. Okay. See, I feel like that's like, it really depends where I'm at in the month. Um, right now I would say Netflix and chill. <laughs> I totally get you. Um, coffee or tea? Well, I think I know what you're going to say. I think you can answer tea. Definitely. Yes. My system, I, I mean, we'll get into all of it, but I worked like really hard. It was really in my masculine for a big part of life like in my younger 20s and so I feel like I'm really sensitive to caffeine now and you know that's just so person dependent so um that being said coffee is not really my jam <laughs> yeah I'm I'm you know I'm with you on that <laughs> physical books or audiobooks physical books great and what is your favorite color and what does that represent to you mm. Okay. I feel like my favorite color is always changing. Definitely. Um, right now I would say my favorite color is green. Um, I think that to me, it represents like a new start, like a fresh start. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Definitely does. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So Ray, please let us know how did restoring Eve come about? What is this brand of yours about? Yes. So the journey has been just that a journey. Um, I want to say when I was about 21, um, is when it kind of all began, but I didn't know it was beginning. Um, at that stage of my life, I was uh, working in medical sales. I was traveling all the time, um, living in a huge city. I lived in Chicago, Illinois at the time. Um, and I was jet setting all the time. I was flying to London. I was flying to New York, LA, all over the place. And I was, I was hardly ever home. Um, and I think on the surface, it looked like I had it all together. You know, I was like working out all the time. I was traveling. Like I had this really good job, like good job using air quotes. Um, and I was exhausted. I was burnt out. I didn't feel good in my body. I was so confused. Like I was eating so well and exercising all the time. And I was just a giant question mark. Like, why am I feeling anxious? Like, Why am I feeling like moody and like depressed and having acne and like digestive issues and like literally everything, like awful periods, like lots of pain and just all the things, honestly, that I feel like so many women can really, really relate mm. to. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where the journey began. I hit a point where it was just too much and I knew that it wasn't aligned for me. So I quit my job. Uh, I moved back to my hometown in the Northwest, which is where I live now. And I actually just took a job at a juice bar and I was like, what am I going to do? Like started from square one again. Wow. 
yeah, um, decided to go to nursing school because I was like, okay, I really want to help women with balancing everything that becomes unbalanced so easily in our, our current world. Um, and I actually did only two years of nursing school before I dropped out. And I was like, you know, I can actually do this on my own. And also, I don't think I'm going to be able to actually help women um, in the way that I want to holistically in on this path. So um, I enrolled myself in a hormone specialist certification program that was about a year long, um, as well as hypnotherapy certification program. Um, and just committed myself to helping women solve these hormonal issues from the root. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's where we should be looking at them. Like at the exactly. Root. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, totally. Cause we can do band-aid fixes all day long, but unless you figure out like the root cause of let's say acne or, um, hormone issues, like, you know, irregular periods, like it's going to come out of your body in a different way. Like the, the root cause is just going to find a different path you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. So why, why do you want to call your brand restoring Eve? I love that name by the way, but I'm just really curious. Like what is the story behind that name specifically? Yeah. Honestly, the name came to me just through a, a lot of prayer, um, and communication with God really. Um, I was at a cafe just like journaling which is really my favorite way to like communicate with him and it just kind of like came out of me and it was one of those moments where I just like knew that it was from God honestly it was like restoring like Eden like coming back to like the way that we were created to be and we were never as women created to live in this like masculine way and have this like 24-hour clock like God created us to have a month-long cycle and it's beautiful and it's to be celebrated and Eve um is the crown, you know, he's, she's like the crown of creation. Yeah. So it's also just like remembering that is so liberating and freeing. And also just, it just helps you like live a radiant life, which is so much about what you talk about on your podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. It's so, so, so good. Um, so jumping right in, how do we start reclaiming our radiance when it comes to our hormone health and, uh, fertility, feminine lifestyle, where should we start? Especially if someone has a lot of hormonal issues, issues, and, and they're at that point where you were, when you realize that, okay, this is not working. I'm having a lot of symptoms. It's really mm -hmm. frustrating. Where do we start? Yeah. Um, so kind of, like I said earlier, so many women are feeling this way. They're eating well, they're exercising and they still feel really bad. You know, they're still feeling tired. They're still feeling burnt out. They're still having symptoms. So um, there's certainly a lot of things that we could do to get this woman on track. Um, one of the biggest ones is definitely living cyclically. So embracing and learning how to live cyclically. Also, like there's two things, you know, you definitely have to step into this way of living without any shame. I feel like sometimes that can be one of the hardest parts, honestly, can be, you know, if you are in the weeks leading up to your period and you're not hitting the gym and, and you feel crappy about it and you're like feeling guilt and shame, like you have to be able to drop that as well. So that's kind of what I mean about um, just learning to and having grace with yourself and like celebrating it, honestly. Um, so living cyclically is something that I definitely talk about a lot on my Instagram account, um, how to live cyclically, you know, how to work out 
dependent upon your cycle and how to eat according to your cycle and really just how to nurture yourself. So you can shift your lifestyle for like to, to benefit your metabolic and cortisol changes as well as your hormone changes. And it's truly one of the most empowering things ever. Mm, right. That yeah, shame part is so, so interesting mm-hmm. because like, why is that like in your own words, why do we feel ashamed about whatever is happening in our bodies? Yeah, I think it's just perpetuated like narratives that we've been told, honestly, for most of our lives about our self-worth being attached to production um, and you know, like, oh, congratulations. Like, you know, the, the person who's most praised is going to be the one who hit the gym in the morning, did some intense workout, like accomplished a million things, um, is also like a mom, you know what I mean? It's just like everything in the world. And I think that that's the narrative, like that's the narrative that's going on in the world. And so to counterculture that, like, it's uncomfortable, you're going to have resistance and it's important to be able to see, in those moments where you're like, Oh, like, why don't I feel proud of myself? Like, why do I not feel good? It's important to be able to see, okay, well, you know, when I was a kid, I was told by my parents or whoever that productivity equals success or whatever it is for you. And in that moment, be able to let it go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How does that pan out with your, with your clients? and the, the woman that you've helped, what is like the biggest obstacle with embracing cyclical living in your experience? Yeah, I think a lot of the women, the lot of women that I work with honestly are in the state that I was in um, when I was really struggling. You know, they're having a lot of these hormonal symptoms. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think shame is one of the biggest components to really work through. And maybe not one of the biggest, but it's just, it needs to be like handheld. Like it needs mm. to be, best we I can't just go into it and be like these are action steps that you need to take to heal your hormones because then you know you're just back in the masculine again with all these to-do lists and all these tasks that you have to cross off um so shame is definitely something that's important um so I think that's where trauma comes in you know just it's important to identify and gently work through trauma which is as I mentioned earlier one of the reasons why I got my hypnotherapy certification is um, the certification that I got is trauma-informed. So basically like we are able to unpack clients' trauma um, from childhood or from maybe what they've been told by like a partner or a friend, or, you know, we get these messages through all sorts of angles. Um, So unpacking it gently and lovingly um, in order to overcome them. Mm, Yes. Yeah. I love that. So powerful stuff. Um, mm-hmm. let's say our listener is wanting to get off the pill as I've, I've talked about this, um, uh, a lot on my podcast, like why we should not be on the pill, but I've not touched upon the protocol of how to get off the pill. So I thought I would ask an expert and have you answer that. Yeah. Okay. So there's so many things, but I will go over maybe five, six um, points that people can do to really like prepare themselves to go off. Um, So as I mentioned, living cyclically, that's a big one, but you know, initially if you're not getting your period, that might be a little hard. Mm. Um, Getting good sleep, 
getting good sleep is paramount. It is free wellness. Um, a huge component of that would have to do with the sunlight. So um, morning sun, get out in the sun without, if you, I wear contacts. So without contacts, without glasses, just get some morning sun, even for like 10, 15 minutes, um, right when you wake up. Um, and then also getting evening sun. So it's just different wavelengths of light, um, that really do help reset your hormones. Um, we live in such a blue light saturated world right now that our bodies are just confused. Honestly, they're in like a very intense stress response almost all of the time. Um, I mean, most people I know work remotely or are just like glued to their phones. You know, I mean, that's, that's most everyone. So just being mindful of that, getting morning sun, getting evening sun. And then if you can during the day, like use blue light blockers. Um, also something that I do at night in my home. So when the sun goes down, if I have any lights on, I, I have like three lamps in my house that I have a red light bulb in. Um, so just having like red light. Um, basically produces melatonin and it keeps your hormones doing the thing that they were created to do. So it just doesn't like interject some like weirdness of like blue light. Um, so that's definitely one actionable step that anyone can really do right now. Um, and then something else I would say is food. So just make sure you're eating enough food. I think that's also something where it can feel very triggering to say, um, but making sure you're eating especially enough carbs, we really need that as women. I'm not saying go eat like a cake, you know, I'm, I'm saying like eat a lot of fruit, like eat fruit all the time. Like fruit is my game. Like I love it so much. I eat it all the time, almost with every meal. And it's really, really health, helpful for hormone health. Mm, I love that. Love that. So we've got the sunlight, we've got the sleep and the, and the food. Mm -hmm. and tracking or you know being cyclically aware when i'm just thinking like if someone is still on the pill and they're not experiencing that flow or that you know the phases of the of the cycle it's like a ghost cycle or whatever you call it and um so is, is it possible to tune into your to your phases even when you are on the pill Oh, I see. Okay. So when you're actually on the pill, you don't ovulate. Like that's what the pill does. Mm -hmm. You're not ovulating. You're not menstruating either. And if you are, it might just be like a little, like, I don't know, like a little bit of blood, you know, like very scanty. Um, so basically like the pill it's blocking progesterone. So you have a lot of estrogen, um, which is really bad for you. <laughs> uh, excess estrogen causes a lot of cancers, um, causes osteoporosis, um, honestly, most symptoms that people would say are symptoms of hormonal imbalance are from excess estrogen. Um, so you're not really having your cycle if you're on the pill. So these right. are really just tips for like when you get off the pill and just rebalancing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, also along the, I should also mention along with eating, cutting out PUFAs is very important. So polyunsaturated fatty acids, is that what it's called? Yeah. So like lots of seeds and nuts, um, very estrogenic. I mm. honestly, one of the craziest things to me um, that people encourage seed cycling. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yes, um, I have. Yes, I have. I've never tried it, but but <laughs> so, I heard it. I heard a lot, you know, from a lot of, um, a lot of people, let's say. 
Oh yeah. No, it's, they're everywhere in our world right now, which I'm sure you see so much. It's just like almond milk, like almond everything. Like this meat is made from almonds. You know what I mean? It's just like absolutely crazy how much like seeds are out in our system, our food system right now. So being really mindful of that honestly will make a huge difference. So swapping out your oils you're cooking with using like ghee, olive oil, animal fats, just like trying to keep it as like ancestral as possible. Just question the heck out of things when they're trendy. <laughs> yes. And it, I think this is, um, it may be like a tough topic for, for, for someone, for example, if, um, if you're following a vegan diet and you, you've been, you've been taught your entire life that like seeds and nuts and all these things that there are, they are really good for you. And I mean, they, they do contain protein and, and, um, whatever they do contain, but uh, it's, um, it was like, for me, I think it was eye opening. And I was first like, what? Like I I've been taught my entire life that, okay, seeds and nuts and these contain fiber and protein. So they're good for you. And especially if you're following a, a vegetarian or vegan diet, they may, uh, be very much, um, present in, in your eating. So what, like, what is your, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, why, why is it that we can't eat nuts? Like, yeah. on, is it just the estrogen? So no, there's actually multiple reasons. That's just kind of like the most hormone related reason, but essentially PUFAs are created, like they were created by God to live in really like intense climates, basically. So like cold climates, you know, um, where they're able to feed animals and like feed, feed things that need them in those climates. But that being said, like PUFAs, when they go into the human body, they're actually, they're very unstable and they oxidize when they're exposed to heat and oxygen, which is what's in the human body. So, I mean, there's a lot of talk uh, that's actually one of the, that's one of the things that causes skin cancer. That's one of the things that causes you to get sunburn at when you're at the beach is because you're having all these seed oils and nuts and all these just like seeds in your body they're being oxidized by the sunlight hitting your skin and all of a sudden you get burnt a lot faster um and I mean honestly it's something that like I've noticed in my life so much like when I stopped having seed oils all the time and stopped having like almond milk and like just all the things like I don't really get burned as easily Mm, so interesting so interesting so what about chia seeds? Is that like part of the, um, I honestly haven't heard any talk of chia seeds. I would have to look into that. I right. think you could also look at it, uh, just like do a quick Google search as far as like polyunsaturated fatty acids. Um, cause soup, like there's certain ones that are like higher than others. Um, like for example, like jojoba oil is not very high as a PUFA. Um, so I, I'm not the person who's ever going to be like, oh my gosh, stop using jojoba oil. I love it. It's great for your skin. Um, it's very low on the PUFA scale. So I think just like check that out. I wish I had a list in front of me, but there's certainly some that are a lot higher than others. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really good to know. All right. So moving on, um, adrenal health. Okay. So yeah. this has been a topic on your Instagram and, and now the question is like, what is the deal with the adrenals? Like what? why do we need to support our adrenals and what is happening like with, with our adrenals in general? 
Yeah, totally. So your adrenals are really the storehouses for a lot of hormones. So, um, like cortisol, norepinephrine, epinephrine, um, so a lot of the stress hormones. So basically like your adrenals are keeping you safe and they're doing their absolute best, but the body doesn't know the difference between perceived danger and actual danger. So if you are, if you just woke up and haven't eaten any food and you're drinking coffee, so it's stimulating, coffee is already stimulating you, you know, like your heart, it's beating faster. You have more energy. And then you open your laptop, you have blue light stimulation and you have like a hundred emails, your body, you're like, might as well being attacked by like a tiger right now, or like under like an actual threat for your life. Um, and it's going to be releasing a lot of cortisol. So right. basically, like if you are not eating enough food or you're exercising too much or you're too stressed, just anything that's stress is perceived as the, to the body as danger. And you're going to be secreting a ton of cortisol. And basically what's happening with adrenals and so prominent in our culture is we're too stressed out. We're way too stressed and our adrenals are just absolutely getting shot. So they're secreting all these hormones all the time to where a lot of people get to a place where they're not even secreting those hormones anymore in order to sustain them. So it's basically like their baseline has just raised so much to where they're exhausted. You know, like, like I, I feel like I definitely experienced a time in my life where I had adrenal fatigue. And at that time I woke up in the morning and I was still tired. Yeah. Yeah. So just, we've, we've all been there. Totally. Yeah, I just like, wasn't firing like I needed it to be yeah. like God. Yeah, exactly. For someone it's, it, it may be even a, a little hard if you're so used to being in that state, like that, you know, in that cortisol pumping state, mm -hmm. um, I, I bet that there are a lot of women who don't even realize that they're, that that's actually happening in their bodies. Definitely. So like, if, if you're not having like these extreme symptoms that are, you know, forcing you to stop, <laughs> like, um, some of us ha have had that or, you know, skin issues or whatever, but if you're just constantly like jittery or tense or whatever what what are the other signs that you can you know look for if, if, if you're trying to figure out okay am I am I actually allowing my body to do what it should be doing right yeah so I would say energy is a huge one so a lot of the signs of adrenal fatigue um, or maybe the onset of adrenal fatigue would be not having energy unless you have caffeine um, having like a two o'clock PM ish, like slump where you just are suddenly just so tired around two ish, um, in the afternoon, not sleeping well, um, not sleeping through the night, um, abnormal sleeping patterns. So really just like closely integrated with energy levels. Mm, right. Yeah. Those are good ones to really pay attention to. Yeah, definitely. So so what is the deal with intermittent fasting? Yes. Is it, is it good for us or not? Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. So kind of like I mentioned earlier, like your body is going to perceive that as stress. So if you wake up in the morning and you're not eating until like one, I don't even know, really know how long people intermittent fast for a long time. Sometimes I was like reading about it recently. And sometimes people don't eat for a couple of days. Anyways, your body is going to think that you're being attacked by a tiger. Like I said, <laughs> like it is going to be so stressed out. And honestly, if you do that for a long time, I wouldn't be surprised if 
you will like lose your period completely. Mm, right, right. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely guilty of this. I I did this in the past. I was able to fast until 2 p.m. and that was like I I felt all right. I felt good and I think that's the issue with intermittent fasting is that uh you actually might feel good at first, which is weird. Totally. It's weird. Maybe it's because like it raises your cortisol levels and that mm-hmm. sort of or adrenal, I don't know what, what does it raise, but, but it just, you know, gives you this false sense of, yeah, I'm doing good. It does. And I I've done it as well. I remember at a certain stage of my life when I was probably like 21, 22, where I was like, oh yeah, I intermittent fast. I'm proud of it. I told everyone, I was like, I feel amazing. And you know why it feels so good is that cortisol response. Like essentially like your body goes into fight or flight mode, the blood and all the nutrients in your body, like run to the extremities like they go to your hands and your feet so that you can like run faster from something like if you were being attacked but it's moving away from your reproductive organs so long term you're not going to feel very good because your nutrients are being depleted your minerals are being depleted so it's just like a short time high essentially um that might help you like accomplish more things i don't know yeah, 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 yeah. It, it totally is, and it's just, um, you know, you end up eating less during the day because it's oh, like yeah. I, I think for a lot of women that the uh, the temptation with intermittent fasting is either to lose weight um, or to feel more energized because that's what it's like um, marketed with that you know you feel more energized. So now we know why why that happens is because it's uh, it's the cortisol levels pumping up and keeping you like running from a bear, but <laughs> so that, glad we, you know, clear that up, but, um, and also like you end up eating less and that goes back to what you said, like we should be eating more. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge trigger for a lot of women. It's very triggering. And I realize that, <laughs> um, yeah. we really need to be eating like every two to three hours, even if that's just like some cheese or, you know, an apple or something, just keeping your food up is very important. And honestly, like eating more than you think, like eating more food than you probably think you need. And, you know, most of the time that's really not going to cause you to put on weight. Most of the time, what's really happening is like women who are doing intermittent fasting, their body is going into storage mode their body is like, Oh my gosh, I haven't been fed for 12 hours. Like next time I get some food, I'm going to really store it. I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it in my like fat deposits because, Oh my gosh, I don't know when she's going to feed me again. Like it makes total sense. Um, and and if you're eating all the time, your body's like, great. Like I'm getting fed. Like I'm going to use these resources for my mineral storage. I'm going to use these for my hormone health. I'm going to use these to go in this spot and like, oh, I'm going to get rid of the stuff I don't need. You know, my detox pathways are going to be open because I have surplus. I have things to work with. Like what a gift, you know, it makes Mm. sense about it, but you're right. It's very triggering in our culture. And I think it was created that way on purpose. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is some food for thought, pun intended. Um, uh, I'm going to push you a little bit because I personally feel like eating every two to three hours is, is crazy making. Why, <laughs> why, why do I feel like that? I feel like it's, it's that's, that's like, 
like rhetorical question almost like why why am I feeling like that because it's like two to three hours I feel like it's like all the time and if I'm focused on work or if I'm not able to eat something and I feel hungry all the time I thought in the past like that's that's like a sign I didn't eat enough in my last meal like where where am I off with with this um, past reasoning yeah, no, I see what you're saying. I think that, you know, it can be a little bit person dependent. I mean, if you're not hungry, you definitely don't force yourself to eat, yeah. but also <laughs> like maybe having smaller meals, you know, maybe that would be something that would feel good. Um, there's definitely like an amount of prep that goes into it. You know, you have to like have some snacks, have some like carrots and like hummus and, um, you know, strawberries and just like little fun foods to eat throughout the day. I just, I think that what I mean is like to optimize your energy, like really to optimize your health to perfect, like the best that you can be in your feminine truly is to eat every three hours, two to three hours. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's going to be a bit of playing around person to person with like, okay, well, I need to make a little bit of a smaller breakfast and then maybe just have some washed strawberries ready for me in a couple of hours when, you know, I'm working um, at my desk job and I want a little pick me up. Um, so really to just be in your highest feminine flow, eating every two to three hours is the ticket. Okay. All right. Right? No. But definitely we all need to be eating more food. Mm, yeah. I am definitely on board with you on that. Um, yeah. a woman is a well-fed woman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, definitely. So moving on. Um, I want to talk about fertility because it's one of the core things in your brand and for you. So the thing is that we rarely talk about fertility outside trying to conceive and trying to get pregnant. So why is it important to look after your fertility? Because it's not something that most women in their twenties, if they are not trying to get pregnant, if that's not like um, relevant right now, it's not something they think about what, should it be? Yeah. Okay. So, um, there's actually this book called the fifth vital sign, and it argues that your period, your reproductive health is actually like a fifth vital sign for women. So there's, you know, all the vital signs, heart rate, oxygen levels, like all these different things that indicate just how you're doing overall in wellness as a person. Um, and truly like your period should be one of those things. Um, I don't know if you've experienced this. I'm sure that you have like um, you go through a month where you're like not eating very well. Maybe you're traveling for work. Maybe there's some circumstances going on and your period's really bad that month. You know, a lot of the time our periods are indicators of how our wellness is. Um, so your reproductive system tells you so much more about your health than whether or not you can get pregnant. Mm, right. Yeah. And that's something that we're not taught at school. And I think it's sad or maybe, well, I, I just, I personally don't remember ever being told that. Oh, that <laughs> just was learning it at like 26. It's like, yeah, okay. I, I would have wanted to know this like earlier on, even, even though I haven't tried to get pregnant yet, but still it's just like, great. <laughs> but that's why we're talking about this today. Um, so it is they are the fifth vital sign so it is essentially the pillar and one of the pillars of our 
feminine health in general. So when we're talking about like feminine uh, radiance and, and, you know, living a vibrant life and all this, so we can't ignore our fertility. No, um, not at all. Yeah. It's, it's truly in my belief, it sounds like you would agree. Like if you want to be the best woman that you can be, this is key. This is like top of the list really is getting this figured out, living cyclically, embracing like who you are as a feminine being um, for all aspects of life. I mean, this can truly improve your career, your relationship. Fertility is not just about creating a baby. Like fertility is about creating like a life that you're passionate about and like a life where you feel beautiful and radiant as a woman um, and accepted, honestly. Yes. I love that. So beautiful put. Amazing. Amazing. So Ray, this has been amazing. I think we covered all the points that we needed to cover today. Let me see if I have any questions left. Anything that comes to mind, anything that's been pressing in your sphere, anything that's been like relevant health-wise, femininity-wise these past few weeks? Um, well, I think kind of what you and I talked about before we kind of started the call here is trauma and the link between our trauma and our beliefs and our health. Um, so I think that's something that we should talk on briefly here is really, if you have underlying trauma that you, which is emotion that someone hasn't processed, you know, it doesn't have to be something intense trauma. Like it's just defined as something you haven't looked at really, um, if there's something like that inside of you, you could truly be doing all of these steps and still be hitting a wall a little bit. Um, so that's definitely something worth working with a coach or a practitioner or a therapist on um, to really accompany all of this and pair with all of this beautifully. Mm, yes, exactly. That is such an important point. And I'm sorry, I just, you know, it's so funny because there's, I know my listeners can't see this, but there's a there's a fly that's like bullying and then <laughs> Ray all the time just flying around her head, <laughs> not, not leaving her alone. It was just, um, um, entertaining to watch that. <laughs> but yeah, the fly has been really, um, you know, engaging with in this conversation and been wanting to, you know, contribute to this conversation of femininity and, and feminine health. So we're, we're grateful for the fly. Uh, but anyway, this was amazing, Ray. Where can we find you online? Yes. So you can find me at restoring.eve on Instagram. You can also find me at restoringeve.com. So I work with people one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to be doing a group coaching um, starting in the fall. So kind of how to help people live cyclically, honestly, and have that support of other women so that we can all be kind of working on this together. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. And last question before you go, what do you most cherish about being a woman? It's mm. a beautiful question. I feel that being as a woman, um, like I said earlier, we really are the crown of creation. So feel like really just being like re receiving from God, I feel like is really the most special part of being a woman. Um, 
which takes a bit of work and, and unlearning in our current culture. But getting to that point where you feel like so much provision just in your, in like presence, I think is really my favorite thing about being a woman. Mm. I love that. Beautiful. Thank you, Ray. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time so much. And I hope that you have a wonderful rest of the week. Thank you. It's so good to connect. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new as well as received some serious inspiration on your feminine journey. And I would so appreciate it if you could rate and review this podcast and subscribe. It really helps in the podcasting world so that we can reach more women who might be interested in these types of topics. And if you're curious to hear my music, you can always check out JoM on any of the streaming platforms and the link will be in the description below. Thank you so much for listening and I hope to have you join me in the next episode.